Welcome to the attachment point. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. The only recurring podcast dedicated to insurance careers, insurtech startups, and insurance current events. Your hosts are Carly Burnham, Tony Carnes, and Nick Lamparelli. You can find all of our podcasts, show notes, and insurance-related content at insnerds.com. Now, on to the show. Welcome to The Attachment Point. I am your host, Nick Lamparelli. On this particular podcast, I have the pleasure of discussing current events. We're going to be talking about Hurricane Irma and potentially Hurricane Harvey. With me right now is Will Castro. Will is owner and independent agent at Harbor Insurance in Naples, Florida. And Will has personally gone through now Hurricane Irma. And so, Will, I want to welcome you to the Attachment Point. Hey, Nick. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting me. So we are under extenuating circumstances, so I can completely understand if the phone starts getting spotty. But I want to start off right off the bat. What was it like personally going through Hurricane Irma? It was very emotional, and I'm not the, the most emotional uh, person. Uh, it, it, was, it was very difficult trying to find and where to place I guess, emotions that were coming up so quickly. And it started about five days before the storm. So the storm hit, and I'm in, I'm in Naples, Florida, and Irma hit just south of us about uh, 10 miles in a place called Marco Island. And Marco Island is the beginning of a chain of islands called the 10,000 10, Islands. It's a barrier island, and the 10,000 Islands move south um, basically to Key West and it's just a chain of islands and they're all barrier. And, um, I actually took, should take a step back. Uh, Irma did hit marathon first, uh, it, part of the United States, uh, marathon in the keys. And unfortunately it did a tremendous amount of damage there to our friends and, uh, local Floridians, but it came and really affected us in, in Marco, but it was about five days before the storm where the anticipation of this stressful event for our clients, uh, my employees, my family started to just build and it built, it built and built and built and social media did not help out. The weather channel did not help out. Um, and it just became very stressful and it became stressful quickly. And you, you kind of felt in our employees and our um, our clients felt like they were every day becoming more trapped here because this was not a, a regular storm. It was a cat five at the time and it covered literally if you could superimpose it um, when it was sitting out in the lesser Antilles, it, you, you could superimpose it over the state of Florida. So as it continued to come at us, the state of Florida did a wonderful job. The governor Scott did a wonderful job. Emergency management and FEMA did a great job, but there was really nothing you could do. And it was a feeling of helplessness and feeling like you were trapped. And that anticipation grew every two hours or every three hours as the national hurricane center would update their charts. Um, and so that's where it started, I guess. 
and uh, I don't I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, it does. The emotion of it was pretty stressful. Yeah, it, it, I'm I'm assuming that you had the issues with the um, um, you know uh, gasoline running out, uh, aisles being empty of water and food. Um, I, I I'm assuming that the, like there was you either got it or you didn't. So I don't know what your experience was with that. So we, you know, we're an insurance agency and we tend to be able to deal with these things a little bit sooner, a little bit quicker and a little bit with less emotion um, than I guess just, you know, the regular folk, our clients. So we have a hurricane plan. Uh, my agency has been around for 15 years now. Uh, we started from scratch. I started from scratch. Um, no policies, no appointments. And that was in 2004. And immediately, really the second or third year, um, FAIA did a wonderful job. That's our um, Florida Association of Independent Agents. It's probably one of the better associations uh, I've ever been involved with. Um, Jeff Grady is the president of it and does a great job. But I went to a training session early on on, hey, you better have a plan because <laughs> this is going to happen. And it happened quickly. It happened in uh, 04, 05. And so we put together a very comprehensive plan that helped. It takes, the plan takes a lot of the emotion of your decision-making. So if this happens, you look in the manual and you say, well, we're going to do it. So we did a great job early on in practicing the plan and following the plan and implementing the plan. And the plan is actually, it's about an 80 page document that we have, um, which really helped out in the process. So part, part of, to answer your question, immediately when we recognized the storm was a little bit bigger than, than everybody was recognizing, we immediately um, created a text line for all our employees and said, hey, go get gas. So we didn't have any gas, or we didn't have any problems getting gas early on. In fact, we filled up, everybody filled up all their cars and they filled up um, their gasoline tanks ahead of time. Get, getting water was easy. That wasn't a problem. Um, and then also we started to plan contingencies on where we were fanning out to. So one of the big concerns is, is, you know, most of my employees don't like to ride it out, including myself. I have no desire to ever see the eye, the calmness of the eye of a hurricane. So I've always in the past just sort of moved around them, uh, driven around them, you know, go to Fort Lauderdale for the day kind of thing. But this just became too big and every, we recognized early. So inside the plan, we went ahead and started booking hotels throughout the state of Florida. And we didn't know where it was going, but um, we had hotels in Tampa, Tallahassee, Orlando, um, and also up in Georgia. And the plan for all of our employees is they want to leave um, for them to fan out and get to safety. And, um, and that's what they did. So we were sort of ahead of the game on supplies and then also on travel and transportation. So it just was a matter of, hey, when are we going to bug out of here and leave? And the only, you know, we kept on, it was interesting. This hurricane, we had more data access. Um, we were checking Google Maps or ways constantly to see the traffic and running traffic simulations on how long it would take us to get to Georgia. And so some of our employees decided to leave in the middle of the night when there was no traffic. Others decided to leave in at, at, during the day because they just felt more comfortable with more traffic. So it was interesting to see, you know, the, the data from Google Maps on how long it would take you to get to, to Georgia, for example. A normal eight-hour 
drive up to Georgia was taking some of our clients because they left so late 20 hours. Um, so wow. we were ahead of the curve. curve. Yeah, that's, that's wild. And, and you moved your family too. Yeah. So I got my, my, um, I have a wonderful family. I, I have what I refer to as a, a plethora of children. I have uh, eight wonderful, awesome kids and a beautiful, uh, understanding, compassionate and strong wife <laughs> who, um, who, who early on, we, uh, I sent the kids up and my wife and actually three of them are in college. So we had only five at home at the time. Uh, we, we sent her up to Pittsburgh where I'm originally from and my parents and her parents live. And so she kind of bugged out of there and she was happy because she doesn't like hurricanes just like me. And I stayed actually till Friday. Uh, and Friday was basically two days before the hurricane. And my plan was just to move either to Miami for a day or up to Tampa for a day to get out of the storm. But it was two o'clock on three o'clock on Thursday when a friend of mine who's actually a PhD in hurricanes who works at Florida Gulf Coast University, FGCU, she texted me and said, uh, the European model came in, it comes in every 12 hours, and here it is. And it was basically sitting right over, predicting it was going to be right over Naples. And she said, hey, time for us to go. So I immediately booked a flight on Southwest, yeah, non-refundable flight on Southwest for Friday and, you know, bugged out on Friday um, and we're on one of the last flights to Pittsburgh. That couldn't and have been, I, that, that I couldn't waited have been out cheap. The, uh, it wasn't, but again, the, going back to our hurricane plan, this is the, the, our hurricane plan is there's three main tenants of our hurricane plan. And the first one is your safety and your family's safety is the most important thing. So the, the, you have to think of yourself and your family first. Um, and so, you know, we have no PTO days during hurricanes, meaning travel days to get out of the storm, or if you need to fix your house, um, you know, I'm paying you, uh, you're not taking a PTO day, you're not taking a day off. Um, you, you can take a day off to do the work, but, um, but I'm still paying you. So your safety is most important. The second one is, is work whenever you can. So a lot of people bugged out. A lot of my employees who are just the wonder, most wonder, I have the best staff, I think, uh, of any company. They're so caring, they're compassionate, they're creative, they're strong and resilient. Resilient. Um, so if they bug out and take a day to travel, um, it's okay. And next day, just go find your computer, turn it on, find Wi-Fi, get on your phones, and we'll route all phone calls to you. So 9.15 Monday morning, which was, oh, I don't know, about eight hours after the hurricane, we were 15 minutes late taking claim calls um, for Irma. We had someone in Tennessee, someone in Orlando, uh, myself in Pittsburgh, and then someone in Fort Pierce, all taking claim phone calls uh, for our clients. So that's the second tenant. And the third tenant is, is don't get burnt out. And it's really easy to do. The adrenaline's you know, sort of starting to wear off right now. And um, the main thing is, is listen, you, you got to work hard. Your clients, some are going to be upset. Some aren't. Some are going to say, why didn't you tell me to buy flood coverage? Oh, by the way, we did tell you, but you just don't remember. Um, others are going to be happy. Hey, thanks for, your, for the right kind of coverage. Just don't get burnout. You're going to have to work hard, but take time for your family. Take time for yourself. And so th those are our three tenants, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so me going up to Pittsburgh was, was a pretty, you know, it, it fit the first tenant of, 
of our hurricane plan is make sure you and your family are safe. I, I would think it's pretty easy to get burned out, though, um, considering that you're juggling work. You have friends and family that are probably still in the area. There's a lot of emotion that's going on, as you mentioned, uh, when you initially started. It, uh, it would seem that the, the adrenaline would really be rushing through and there's just a lot. You're juggling a lot at the same time. Yeah, and that's what the where, where I was mentioning in the beginning. It was it became emotional. You know, we're I'm really good at boxing things off. Okay, I'm at work. I'm going to do my work, and I'm going to you know kind of focus on work and not worry or be concerned about family. And then you know, there's when I get home, I'm focused on family kind of thing. And most most of our employees are, but it just it blended. It the colors just ran together, and that was the hard part because you have to board up your own house. You have to take care of um, getting water and gas, or you have to take care of your family, or you have to wonder about maybe your parents who are down here, or some, you know, your in-laws, or an aunt or an uncle. So everything sort of blended together, and um, it was nice because I continued to tell everybody that worked for me, um, we really didn't talk about coverage for phones or coverage for clients the days preceding to it, because I, the question I always asked was, what are you going to do for your family to be safe? Make sure you're safe. And I continue to reinforce that. And so the, I think there was a comfort level there. And um, I, I know that they've mentioned to me afterwards how appreciative they are of that. And so late at night, maybe at 11 o'clock, for them to open up their computer and take a few emails, um, they, they, they time blocked very well, I guess. And they did a wonderful job. So you flew back and now you have to deal with the disaster head on. What was that like? Well, it wasn't as easy flying back. And my main goal with the hurricanes is I never want to see the, the eye of a hurricane, the tranquility of the eye of the hurricane, but I want to see the aftermath of the hurricane because it's my job. So uh, on Monday morning, I, I just drove to the Pittsburgh airport and started to work my way south. I bought a ticket to Atlanta through Charlotte because uh, all the Florida airports were closed. And I made it to Charlotte at around 1030. And I was about to get on my Atlanta flight. And they said, well, it's closed. Atlanta's closed. And, I, and it was funny. as so introspective, maybe self-centered um, as sometimes we can be. I didn't understand why Atlanta was closed. So well, what's going on? And they said, well, there's our hurricane hitting there and i you know it's just funny i thought the hurricane stopped in naples right because that's sort of my world yeah yeah so uh, I, I rented a car and worked my way south to savannah and drove through a lot of uh, sort of the bands of the hurricane which was fine and safe i didn't i was i felt very comfortable but when i hit savannah at around 8.30 at night. It was like war zone, walking dead, scary National Guard shutting places off. There was no electricity. There was no power. Um, you couldn't get on 95. Um, there was no food food or water places open. Everything was shut down. And fortunately, I booked a hotel in Savannah two days before in a couple different places, Savannah, Tampa, Jacksonville, um, and then I had a bailout plan in, uh, in Athens, Georgia. So I had a hotel in Savannah and I stayed there. And the next morning I woke up, which was Tuesday, trying to work my way south. And 
the lobby of the hotel was sort of in chaos and everybody said, there's no gas in Florida. And I didn't have enough gas to get down to, to Naples. Um, I knew from my tank. So a, a buddy of mine told me to, to use um, an app called uh, Gas Buddy, which was a total lifesaver. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. I, I was not familiar with it, but it tells you through user um, uh, users input the data. So if you go to a gas station, you see it's closed, you mark it as closed. If you see it's open, it has diesel or regular, you mark it as, you know, with those items. Or if it has no, no power, then you mark it as no power. So I just started working my way south and there were lines and it was amazing scene. There were lines on 95 two miles south or two miles uh, from the exit to get off the exit to get to a gas station. So there were four hour gas lines. And with this, with this app, I was fortunate enough to to find sort of some local ones uh, and some smaller towns that were still open. And it took me 12 hours to get back to, um, to Naples. And I capped off my, uh, my gas about every hour and a half, just I was concerned I was going to run out of gas. So I got back Tuesday night and it was, it was a war zone type atmosphere in Naples. Um, the, the Naples police, Collier County police did an unbelievable job. Fire rescue, unbelievable. The government officials, unbelievable. But it was, as I found driving through the state, it was this hurricane hit the entire state of Florida and also Georgia and some other part, parts. So it you just didn't have enough manpower for the whole state. You didn't have enough people helping out, but you know, governor Scott immediately started and you started seeing these trucks roll into town uh, to repair the power. Um, we're about, I saw something today. We're about 90% in Collier County, the County that we're in, in terms of people with power, which is absolutely amazing. So, um, so I got down here and then that's where, when the real work, I guess, started to begin. I was just going to say that. So now after all of this drama, now your job actually starts. So um, you have employees scattered all over the place in, uh, you know, in, in a almost like warlike atmosphere. Uh, calls start coming in, emails start coming in. You have to start prioritizing your work. Walk us through that, the, the, the job of an agent. What, what is it like for, for the uh, agents that are listening to this that have never have, had to have gone through a natural disaster? Um, what's it like sure. from the agency perspective to have to start to prioritize this work? So from an agent's perspective, you know, any agent listening to this cares about their client. And that's what you're thinking of. After you check in on your house, you think, how can I help my clients? So we started answering phones Monday at 9.15 a.m. And I told anybody that was anywhere answering phones, I said, I'm back here in Naples. Stay wherever you are. There's no power. There's no Internet. My, my cell phone barely works. So wherever you are, stay. And so that was really a nice with our procedure. It, it was a nice thing to know that our clients were covered. We had at least three people answering the phones, um, which was great. And over the course of time, we had five, about five, about Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday, we got five people answering the phones and emails. And so we started to forward all of our emails to sort of a central depository. So if an email was coming in for me, someone else could handle it. So with boots on the ground here, it was a little bit frustrating because there's not much I could do other than my goal was to get the offices up and running as quickly as possible. 
And that's where I fell into some pretty significant um, problems where we went, oh, we have three offices. Um, and the first office, my main office, it's a 5,000 square foot um, uh, second floor um, office building. And we just did a $450,000 build out that whenever you walk in, everybody always says, oh my, this looks like Google. So it's a beautiful build out. Um, I enter into that, uh, my, this, this place that I spent a couple years designing and the roof had blown off. Thanks. So right off the bat, I mean, it was no power. It smelled, it was starting to get sort of real misty in there. It was hot. There was water everywhere. And I mean, everywhere it was, and we're on the second floor and we still were inches in water. So I knew immediately and I sort of had to check. And that was the hard part. As I said to myself, whatever emotion you're feeling here is sadness, anger at the roof. Uh, gee, do I have enough insurance coverage? Uh, all of that. I said, I got to put this somewhere. I can't think of this right now. And a buddy of mine who also works for me, um, he stayed, he was staying here in town because his wife is due any day. Um, so they, through their advice of their doctor, they were supposed to stay. So he and I immediately on Tuesday and early Wednesday started work looking for temporary space. So by Wednesday afternoon, we had secured temporary space and had started moving anything that was salvageable in our old office into our new office. So that was Wednesday and our other office in Naples and what we call our North Naples office. Um, had power on Thursday, so we were able to get that fired up and there was no damage there. And then the office up in Port Charlotte, about an hour north of here, um, they, they did pretty well. I think they had power on Tuesday, so they were back to work on Tuesday afternoon-ish. So it was just getting everything back to normal. And um, and then you, you're just trying to help clients. You're running, you, 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 we had three people here in town So at the time, so any immediate claims issue we were running out to the client's house and just helping them advising them taking pictures um helping them with the claim no adjusters were in town so it was more like we were advising them on what to do so it didn't get worse um you know we had we had one call where the seawall you know, it's a wall that um protects the 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 home from uh, an open bay or open water the seawall had blown out, and um, and I, I sent you a picture of that, uh, Nick, so you can post that up. Um, and so now, the client, uh, their their pool was because all the the sand and fill started rushing out. It was almost like it, it wasn't a sinkhole, but it was acting like a sinkhole. So we went to the client's house, and I have a contact at the city of Naples. Um, I called him up, and uh, he came out, and they they got a um, very quickly a. a some fill dirt, a lot of fill dirt to put in that. And they helped them temporarily repair uh, that seawall. So it was, it was that kind of stuff. It, it's not like you could be an insurance claims adjuster or tell them they had coverage or didn't have coverage. You were just trying to prevent any further damage. And so that's what we did for maybe three or four days here, um, other than taking claims calls. And, um, you know, it's as an independent agent, most of the time you're talking coverages, but most of the time you're talking, you know, gee, why is my premium so high, especially in Naples and Florida? It's, you know, premiums are about three times the amount they are up in, uh, you know, in Pittsburgh, where I'm originally from. 
So you have that constant discussion with clients on price, most, most likely every, every agent does. So it was, in a weird way, it was nice to be able to help people out. And, and that's the product, right? When people, we tell them a million times that the product is not that piece of paper, it's what you just provided. And, and what I found interesting, what you just said was the adjusters hadn't arrived yet. So they were, you know, they did their planning. They hadn't come yet. So uh, you as the agent are part of the product. So part of the premium that they're paying is to have you come in and adv- advise them to help them out. And uh, I think that's that's a, a, a little, you know, there aren't a lot of natural disasters, but it, it's those moments where the independent agent really becomes that additional advocate for the client. Yeah, and, and, and all the folks that work for me, it was really kind of a, a nice thing when we we subsequently, we actually had time to go out to lunch. We went out to lunch yesterday and, and we had a chance to kind of share some stories on how we helped some people. And it just was in a terrible situation um, where people, you know, are lose, even with your help, are going to lose some money or lose some property or have some sense of insecurity about what's going on. You were there to help them or reassure them or actually help them protect their property. And um, in a weird way, like I said before, in a weird way, it was it was kind of a nice feeling. So what was the split? Uh, you know, you Irma was uh, different than Harvey. Uh, Harvey got a lot of publicity because of the, you know, 40 to 50 inches of rain that flooded Harris County. Irma got both. Irma got a storm surge, got a lot of rain, not 40 to 50 inches, but a lot of rain. And, you know, at around Marco Island and into Naples, it it essentially made a second landfall. So how did the claims uh, break out between those that had wind damage and those that had flood damage? So my agency, we have um, roughly 3,500 policies and, and uh, my Naples agency, not my North Naples or the Port Charlotte one. So I, I pulled some, because you asked me to pull some data. So I pulled it on the, just the Naples proper location. So 3,500 policies. Um, of the claims that we filed, and some have filed with the, directly to the insurance company, some have filed with us, we, we know of right now 400 claims that we've taken. And I know there's more because they filed directly with the insurance company. So I would say there's probably about 800 claims out there. Um, we have only had three flood claims thus far. So the surge was very mild. It was a surge, but it was only about, oh, two or two, anywhere between two to six feet above mean high tide. And that was a a blessing for us. And I, my heart goes out to the folks in Houston and anybody affected by Harvey because, you know, wind is wind damage. A tree's on a tree falls on your roof. At some point in time, you can get that tree off. Hopefully in the next couple of days, you put a tarp over your roof and then start fixing the damage. The flood damage is just months and sometimes years. So we were fortunate enough not to have that. Um, although they, they said we were going to have a huge surge, uh, if, if you know Naples, uh, there's Naples Bay. And Naples Bay, because there's a, a strong tributary at the Gordon River, um, before the hurricane hit, it, it literally sucked out about eight feet of water. You could almost walk across Naples Bay. Um, and that we saw some videos from that. I saw some videos some friends took. And it was really creepy because they were sending them to me during the storm. And I thought, well, 
if eight's going out, then eight's coming back in with That's the right. wind, counting another another six feet. You're at fourteen feet. The majority of the people of new homes are at twelve feet here in Collier County, at, uh, closer to the beach. So we're really in for it. And for whatever reason, as that water came back in, um, a lot of people say because it, it hit more towards Marco, if it would have hit further west um, coming from the Gulf, it would have been worse. But we didn't have that storm surge. That, so that was nice. So we've had very few FEMA claims, uh, flood-related claims. Um, but the, the, the ones that we've had haven't gone great. And that's one of the things that we're kind of struggling with is that uh, FEMA's interpretation of things has gotten so strict, so uh, black and white, um, and the adjusters are almost looking to deny things just to deny things. And so we've had three experiences, and they have been great experiences um, with with FEMA-related claims. So that's been a very tough thing. The um, the other wind related claims. The tough thing to explain is the majority of people don't have or have not hit their wind deductible. Um, so for those agents who might be listening, who don't have wind deductibles in the Midwest or up north, you know, if you have a million dollar in uh, coverage A policy uh, and you have a two percent, which is a standard wind deductible or hurricane deductible, that's a twenty thousand dollar deductible that you have to hit before uh, any more coverage kicks in. So, you know, trees down, a tree on a roof, uh, tiles missing, some landscaping, um, debris removal. It, things haven't been really hitting um, above the deductible. So um, that's been a difficult thing to explain to clients, but we've done a really good job explaining that to them ahead of time. And so they, they understand that. But with the flood, you know, you, you pay your premium with flood. It's a government program and you hear about FEMA paying claims elsewhere and then to get your claim denied over some really esoteric definitions of what quote a basement is um it's been hard but we've only had three of those and we're trying to work through them and our state association uh faia has been helping us um with that on trying to um you sort of make a counterclaim against them so that's that's in the works right now but um yeah and and i know you'd ask me in terms of you know flood and number of policies of the 3,500 policies we have, only 389 of our clients uh, buy FEMA um, flood coverage, $250,000 in flood coverage. So that's about 11% of our clients buy flood coverage, which is very scary. Um, and if you t- if you take that one step further, only we only have 23 excess flood policies so this is in excess of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's um, you know if you know naples yeah so that's only less it's less than one percent it's 60 basis points there are um, some big homes in naples exactly so most of the homes i'll, I'll just say a, a starter home is 750 or a million bucks here in naples so some people buy the 250 but they're not fully insured and this this is a big problem for us, um, just for any agent in the state of Florida and really any agent anywhere because it floods everywhere. So, you know, we, we take it very seriously. We make all of our clients sign a flood waiver on the primary and then also on the excess. And it's not just to protect us, but it's also a chance to dialogue and discuss with the client um, about about flood insurance. 
So, and what was really interesting, we were joking yesterday, we had about 20 phone calls prior to the storm from people saying, Hey, you know what? I think I want to buy that flood insurance. <laughs> and, uh, and you say, and you'd say, that's a great idea. Sorry. Let's go ahead and get it going. Um, we'll but, get it going. No problem. But there's a 30 day wait. Yeah. And so, um, but fortunately we, we haven't had that many losses where our clients are now in Collier County. There are some low lying areas where we might not have, um, clients that they were really affected, uh, Copeland and Chukalusky, Immokalee, these are all places in Collier County that we don't have many clients. There really is and some need for people to help out. Um, you know, if you can help out in any capacity through through the Red Cross or through uh, your church or anybody or and you know, there's some people, a lot of people in need. These are really good people. With a very in terms of Collier County, they make Collier County go. These people, um, they work so hard and they just live in an area that's low lying and um you know our heart goes out to them so um, there are there have been problems in terms of flooding just not with our clientele well do you think the storm will change that do you think it will change <laughs> the way clients think of flood and do you think it will change the way uh, you know how hard agents need to push them to buy coverage <laughs> I don't, well, agents continue to need to push them. Um, I don't know if this is going to make the clients more resilient in not buying it or if the scare is going to make them buy it. Now, we've had, since the hurricane, we've had three people buy flood that have not had closings or renewals or anything else, but we've had three new people buy flood policies. But I don't know. And I had one client who said, I don't think I need flood after it. So I, I just don't know. I think, I think people are guided by their past experiences and this past experience might've convinced folks not to buy flood insurance, but we'll continue to do what we do. We can only advise and, um, and do what we can with our clients. So if there's one overarching message, what, what's the, what's the one thing that you looking back now, it's like a lesson learned. Uh, it's the first thing you're going to add to your checklist of, you know, emergency preparation. What's, what's, what's that one thing you're going to add now? It's, well, if I could add two. Um, sure. Uh, number, number one, I, we need to, we, we tested our hurricane plan prior to, we tested every year. We have a hurricane party and uh, usually at hurricane party, you have hurricane drinks and it's fun and we go through it and it's, it's, you know, we, we accomplish what we need to accomplish and go through it. So we do that, but what we need to do is we need to run a stress test on our plan and we actually need to go ahead and say, okay, the hurricane is hitting or hit. Let's go ahead and actually flip the phones over. Let's call up Comcast. Let's call up our uh, internet provider. Let's call up our computer guys and say, okay, we're going to actually do this. We're going to forward our phones to a cell phone. Um, and, you know, there's other ways we can stress test it, you know, from packing up our computers um, with, with uh, sort of a drop cloth to protect them uh, to various other things. We actually need to go through the motions of this test, not just review the document. And so that's one thing that I'm adding to it is we're going to stress test the hurricane plan every year, not just review it. Um, 
The other thing, um, I think we all did a great job of communicating with each other, uh, but I need to do a better job of just telling everybody, all, you know, all of the employees that work for me, how grateful I am of them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a, sort of a man who is less emotional and, um, I, you know, I sort of think to myself and, you know, every, all, everybody that worked for me did such a wonderful job and I'm so thankful for them and that their families were safe and that they are there to protect the clients of the agency. Um, and, you know, if I did this over again, I'd need to express a lot more gratitude because they deserve it. Well, guess what? We're recording this, so I will make sure that uh, whoever is connected to you, we can express that, you know, that sentiment. And, oh, good. You know, so I, I'm grateful that you came on. Um, I, as I mentioned when I reached out to you, it's not often. We don't have a lot of natural disasters. It's not often that you get the chance um, to talk to an agent that you're connected with and actually get the scoop, you know, straight from the source and get a, you know, a true learning experience. And, you know, and you brought up how technology has changed things. That's another way, you know, we can record this, we can share it, we can get the information out so that other people might, might learn from it. And so I, I'm immensely grateful uh, that you came on to the show and that you, that you guys made it out. Okay. And, you know, and, and um, I, what I would like to do is at some point, in the near future is to catch up again and to uh, maybe in person when I come down to Naples and interview you again and just see how your office is doing, see how, how the claims kind of played out and whether there were additional learning experiences. I'd love to, uh, to catch up with you. And I, I also wanted to let you know, I really thank you for your podcast because, and as you know, the, the independent agent across the country is such a wonderful profession because I would say the majority of independent agents out there really, really care about their clients and want to be a trusted advisor and want to do the right thing. And they practice this every day, day in and day out. And um, the, the independent agents across the country are so resilient. They're so strong. They're so creative. And they just get it done for their clients and for their insurance companies as well. And uh, I'm just really thankful that you um, you really help and support the independent independent agents and uh, and all that we do. Yeah, well, I was one, so I everything that you're saying, I've I've sort of except for the natural disaster portion of it, I've I've been in your shoes, and and so to have people kind of try to negate the value that the agency system brings, I can't. I can't allow that because I know the value that I used to bring. And now with this particular recording, people can hear the value of someone that's in the middle of this chaos. What an advocate can do. You know, my, uh, my wife and I were watching TV. There was a commercial. It was a, for an insurance company. You know, a tornado had gone through. It's dark, broken trees, damage everywhere. And there's a person that's putting it arm around someone that's clearly sobbing and in drama. And that's what you just did. That's the independent agent. And so we, you know, we need, really need to uh, put those people, the people that are going to be advocates and really help uh, policyholders and, and insureds and be that advocate for them. There's a special place for that. So I salute all the independent agents and Will, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks, Nick. Take care. Okay.